was 2019. And there are lots of albums coming out this year. And something we didn't talk about, but I stumbled upon another slideshow underneath an article where you're reading an article, you know, just that you've clickbaited onto. And then below it, they're like, pull you in with another thing that's like, hey, Adam, I know you love clickbait. Here's some clickbait for you. And it's, you know, the most anticipated albums, you know, for 2019. I'm like, oh, yes, let's keep scrolling. And thank goodness it wasn't a gallery. So I could just keep scrolling down to, you know, get to all these different bands. Yeah. So there are actually like a ton of albums coming out in 2019. And I did not realize it. Nice. So I sent you a link. Just looking at these, there's ACDC supposedly has a new album coming out. It says mm-hmm. PBA. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So the last album for ACDC was Rocker Bust from 2014. So I'm like, okay, you know, like five years, like that's a pretty good stretch. Mm-hmm. And then what? Oh, dude, uh, 90% of Creed, the, the band <laughs> yeah. Creed, the Alter Bridge, right? Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. They got another album coming out. Amana Marth has another album coming out. Man, they just go nonstop. Like, it feels like they just released one and like shortly before that. Was it that? Dude. Yeah, it was three years. Was it that long? I don't know, man. I feel like they're overdue. My sense of time, I guess, is all distorted. I don't know. You know, there's just so many different metal bands I'm listening to all the time. As soon as one says that, you know, they're coming out the new album, I'm like, did they just release an album? Like, I just listened to that, but I don't know. Yeah. So, so looking at some of these, I- I'm trying to find like the dates that are the closest. So, Asking Alexandria. That's a, they're supposedly recording a new album. And that one says, you know, TBA. But the last album they released was in 2017. So I'm like, okay, that's two years. Yeah. Uh, Avatar, they just had one in 2018. So I'm like, that's like, you're going to crank out records like that. Also, Bad Religion, dude. Yeah. Bad Religion still kicking. I know. I mean, shout out to Santa Cruz, right? I know. It's crazy. They've been around for so long. Yeah. Uh, But their last album was in 2013. So that's that's a pretty long stretch. Yeah, they're probably living nice off of those royalty checks from all their previous albums, so they can yeah, afford to take go. a Cat- break. He's <laughs> <laughs> also a professor too, you know. Like I know, yeah. Children of Bodom, like they have another album coming yep, out. Yep, yep. March eighth, man, day before my birthday. Hey, guess I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. What? Here's a link to uh, <laughs> to stream the album on. <laughs> no, man, just an iTunes of- gift card, and then you have to use it for <laughs> the Children of Bodom album. <laughs> Yeah, I heard I listened to um, some of the songs that they've been teasing and they sound pretty good. Uh, that's another thing we need to talk about is the tease, right? Mm-hmm. Releasing singles and teasing an album and building up hype. Oh, also Evanescence coming out with a new album. Oh, boy. Oh, last album she recorded was two, 2011. Man, that's that's quite the break. See, but this is the problem. And this this is well, I'm, I'm scrolling through this list and this list is really long. Like There's there's a lot of stuff going on on this list. And it's all over the place. One band that's sticking out right now to me is Dark Throne. I know they released one in 2016, but like, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't have expected it to make this list. Sometimes black metal bands tend to get looked over when it comes to lists like this. Pink Diamond, Kill Switch Engage. Yeah. Hey, Devil Driver. There you go. Ah, yeah. Devil Driver was on there too. Yep. I saw that one. And then Incubus. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Flesh God Apocalypse. They're coming out with a new one. Lamb of God. Supposedly has a new one. Limp Biscuit. Oh, no. Dude. Game <laughs> over, man. Game over. Oh, boy. Loudwire, you rounded out the list. I, I stopped scrolling at Limp Biscuit. Good job. Yeah. Wait, Ginger's coming out with another one. They just released one this year. Oh, it micro. E- it's an EP. Okay. Well. All right. All right. Okay. You got <laughs> us there. <laughs> so lots to look forward to. 
in future episodes where we get to talk about all these songs and albums that just came out. Yeah, definitely. Should be fun. But songs stuck in your head for the week? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. Oh, well, thank you, sir. That's very kind of you. Of course. So as much as I would love to take your early birthday present for me and spend money on a streaming service, the band that I'm featuring doesn't have a lot of their stuff on a streaming service. So that's going to be hard. Oh, I know. So the song that's been stuck in my head or the band that's been stuck in my head for the last week is Tool. And I was looking through my list of music, my catalog, and I had kind of forgotten about Tool because I don't have their stuff on streaming. So I have to like resort back to the old CDs that I ripped back in the day in high school. And I had those and I uncovered them and I started playing them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love Tool. I love Tool so much. I feel like Tool is one of those bands. You don't like just kind of like them. I think you either you love them, love them, or you just don't listen to them at all and you don't really care. There's no real like in between. I'm not saying that Tool can do no wrong because there are definitely like sections of albums that I'm like, skip, skip, (laughs) skip. I mean, if you're going to take three minutes to build up to a song, I get it. But sometimes I don't get it. Like I'm not in the mood for that. So I'm not like a purist of Tool where I'm like, I have to turn on the album from like track one and listen through it all the way. Even the 45 minutes of silent tracks that they have to get to the bonus song at the end. Because <laughs> yeah. that trick only worked when you, you know, were actually selling CDs. Now with digital content, it doesn't have the same effect. Right. Everyone can just move the scroll bar over to where the next song <laughs> yeah, starts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me just scrub to the next waveform here. Yeah, here we go. Oh, cool. All thank right. you. <laughs> but the song that I chose is off of their EP, which is Opiate. And it's the first track off that album, which is called Sweat. I always loved Tool because they felt grungy. But Maynard has a very unique voice. Yeah, definitely. And I know we talked about drummers a little while ago, and there's a lot of people who say Tool Drummer, I forget his name, but he's one of the best drummers. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's groovy, right? You know me, like I kind of like the groovy songs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be honest, I have not listened to that much Tool. Um, There are, you know, one or two songs that I like a lot. Like a 46 and 2. That was a really popular one. So this is where every Tool fan is going to jump down your throat and say like, what, you haven't listened to Tool? Exactly. I know there's going to be someone out there who's going to jump down my throat like you said. I'm just like, I just don't want to set myself up for that. Yeah, like I'm not the super fan that's going to do that. I'm like, oh yeah, you should listen to Tool. Like I like Tool. Tool's nice. Oh, all right. Yeah. Maybe I'll give Tool a chance. Yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) just go through, find some songs that you like and, you know, put them on repeat like I did this last week. Nice. (laughs) So what about you, man? Uh, so I rediscovered a composer I found out about probably three or I don't know, maybe, maybe like four years ago. He does a lot of licensed work. So a lot of stuff for video games, movies, trailers, things like that. His name is Antti Martikainen. He releases all of his licensed work to all the streaming services, but every now and then he'll work on his own material, which is pretty similar to what he does for his licensed work. So a lot of it's orchestral, pretty epic. And there's a lot of stuff that's heavy, too. So like there are albums and songs where he incorporates a lot of traditional like metal instruments like distorted guitar, drums, things like that. He's got an album that he released recently called Northern Steel. And this whole album is just chock full of awesome heaviness mixed with folk melodies and everything but the first track and title track northern steel is just super rad 
So when I was listening to the song today, uh, I was like, it feels like medieval, mm-hmm. but modern, right? Because it, 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 like you said, it mixes, you know, distorted guitar, which, yes, but then he also mixes in like the synth and, you know, like a bunch of other kind of like modern sounds. And I was like, wow, this is like modern retake on, you know, medieval slash Viking slash folk like songs. And I was like, I like this. And I can see, I hear your super tight riffage. So, ah, uh, yep. Just the blending of different styles, right? Like, I already love that really big symphonic sound, and he does that really well. But then as soon as he switches it to the metal guitars and just has that really sick riff in there, I'm just like, yes! <laughs> like, Come I can't... on! Yeah! More! Go! <laughs> Get me more! <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah. I just actually listened to this album this week, and... When I first heard this track, this has just been stuck in my head the entire week. So that's awesome. Yeah. So one thing we've talked about, just you and I, is how we got into metal and kind of why we keep coming back to metal. And I think one of the things that was interesting when we talked about it and a big thing for me getting into metal was how I used metal to express myself. And I think one of the topics that comes up is using metal as a quote unquote therapy. Mm hmm. And you can argue this for most music, right? Most music is an outlet. It's a form of therapy, right? You listen to music when you're sad. You listen to music when you're happy, you know, but but metal, right? I, I think it, it falls into a trope where it's like, okay, you know, only angry people listen to metal music. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that's 100% true. No, not at all. I think there was even a study done somewhat recently. I saw an article going around the metal news outlets a few months back. It basically said that while... A lot of metalheads do tend to suffer from, say, depression or anxiety. They're also some of the most happy people compared to listeners of other genres of music. So that's got to say something. Yeah. Like I said, for me, it was an outlet, right? It was a way to let go of everything, right? And now I'm a hippie. I live in Santa Cruz and I'm like, cool, everything's gravy, you know, like whatever. Like, I don't carry all that on my shoulders. But like the last couple of weeks, you know, there have been those times it's like, man, I just want to listen to something really loud, really heavy and just kind of let that out. So I think, you know, metal really fits into that very, very well. So if we talk about that, it's like, all right, metal is pretty easy to categorize as angry music because it sounds angry. Mm. And when I was going through this, I'm like, all right, well, if we if we break up some examples like here, I have some examples of angry songs. So one of the songs that I have when I'm feeling particularly angry usually involves a lot of screaming, like a lot of screaming. That's only natural. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the bands that really showcased that for me was a band called Silent Civilian. And if you're not familiar with Silent Civilian, it's actually, I think, some of the members of Spineshank. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you remember Spineshank, I believe it's the lead singer. And I think he also plays guitar. Please don't quote me on this because I'm probably wrong. I'm just kind of, you know, speaking from my memory or something that I saw in a Wikipedia article one night when I was drunk Wikipedia, you know, surfing (laughs) down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But one of the songs off Silent Civilians album Rebirth of the Temple is called Falling Down, and it just lets out everything. Some little gallops in there. Oh, yeah. Angry gallops. Yes, that's right. But oh, let it out, man. Just let it out. Yeah. I get that fast riffing. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're just you're angry. You need to let it out. And mm-hmm. yelling sometimes is the healthiest way to let it out. Exactly. 
So I think doing that and expressing your frustration and, you know, the lyrics kind of dig into that as well. But this is arguably a, a healthy way to do that rather than going to raging on Xbox Live about, you know, all the Xbox Live stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what can I say here that's not going to get me in trouble because we are flagged as clean technically. I'm like, oh, well, I can't say anything about Xbox Live anymore, so I guess I'll stop. Yeah. So I think another one we talked about angry music and I was like, all right, well, what else do I listen to when I'm angry? There's a band that we listened to a lot in high school called Static X. Oh, with yeah. Wayne Static, right? Mm-hmm. Another artist passed before his time. Yeah. Very sad thing. But off their album Machine, they have a really good song, which in high school, you know, you just kind of like echoed the sentiment sometimes where you didn't agree with what was happening. You didn't like, you know, what was going on. And like, well, what can I say to this? And the song is called This Is Not. Mm-hmm. And the song itself is summed up pretty much how we felt some days. Wayne Static had such a unique voice. Yeah, it's just like, I hate this. You know? Yeah. Perfect. Just scream that. But I also liked like the, the little electronic pieces that they brought into the songs too. Yeah, they were really good at that. Yeah. I think those are some of the examples of angry music. And I guess, you know, I'm, I'm a little more of an angry person sometimes, but metal is my outlet. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, we have so much to choose from when it comes to angry music and metal. It's just like, okay, well, that's easily like, I don't know, 75% of all metal. It tends to be pretty angry. So we have a lot to choose from. And also shows too that maybe someone's idea of angry, how different that can be from someone else's idea of angry. I could have easily chosen some extreme death metal here, but it also shows too that like it doesn't always have to be so extreme to the point of unintelligibility. You can have angry tones and still understand what they're saying. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when we were coming up with the list, that was something that I wanted to try to do is like, you know, just because they sound this way doesn't mean what they're saying is actually like angry or malicious or whatever. Right. Sure. And I know you said like, yeah, 75% of metal, you know, is angry. And I was like, well, like, it mainly just sounds angry. Like I actually was going through and it was hard to find ones where people are just pissed at the world so pissed to the point where they can't even rationalize it where it's just coming out as hate and death and destruction and whatever like there's usually a particular thing that they're upset about and they're letting out their frustration about that thing and they make some good points in the songs and i think that's always interesting the falling down example that i gave for silent civilian there are references to like gun violence and government and you know tearing down the establishment you know go punk rock uh (laughs) (laughs) but I think it's focusing everything, right? It's, you're not just mad at everything. You're mad at specific things. Right. I think that's healthy to, you know, identify what you're upset about. And thank goodness for metal to maybe align with something that you're frustrated with and let you express that frustration in a, a healthy way. I keep saying a healthy way because, man, like there are lots of unhealthy ways to express yourself. Yeah, exactly. I think it's kind of interesting, too how you mentioned that metal sounds angry. And I think that was kind of maybe an unintentional thing, you know, like I think as metal was developing, it was just more about pushing boundaries of sound, you know, what can be heavier, what can be more distorted, more extreme, that kind of stuff. I find it interesting how people tend to associate certain sounds with different emotions. So in this case, people are associating, you know, heavy distorted guitars and the way everything else sounds in metal as angry when It may or may not be if you pay attention to the lyrical content. 
Well, and if we go back to the beginning, right, and this is a, a genre that you kind of wanted to eliminate, right, with like the proto metals, it didn't start out that way. Right. A lot of the stuff, especially like through the 80s, was all about being happy. There wasn't much to be angry about. And a lot of metal wasn't actually about hate and death and everything. It, like a lot of the glam metal in that time was like, hey, let's party. Let's have a good time. This is great. Like life is awesome. Just live it up. Yeah, exactly. Still breaking or fighting against an establishment in a way, you know, it was like, let us party harder. Like we want yeah, to party harder. Exactly. <laughs> so if we go from, you know, the beginning, right, where we talked about angry songs and now we feel like, oh, OK, what's well, the opposite side of that spectrum, which is happy songs. You came up with a bunch of good bands here from the 80s, you know, glam metal days. But I think your pick of Poison, Nothing But A Good Time, fits really well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think anytime I think about anything that's happy, I think for me, Poison is a band that's very nostalgic. It was one of the hair metal bands I grew up on. So I tend to associate that band with a lot of good memories. So for me, I find it very happy. And I think the lyrical content fits that as well. I mean, literally, nothing but a good time. Like, how does it get happier than that? Right. Man, you and I started doing the air guitar, or at least I yeah. did in, in the, like, ah. Oh. There's, there's no there's no hate. He's just happy. Yeah, man. Looking for some ladies. <laughs> 80s was a different time, man. It really was. And we're both 80s babies. You know, my parents, you know, who had me in the 80s, like they talk about those times and they turn on like albums and, you know, and that was the time where sound was really like experimental too, right? I think the 80s had a lot of really just different types of music kind of coming out into the forefront. Right. But and so my mom, you know, she was very much into Boingo Boingo type stuff, you know, and like all of the the different sounds like, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then my dad was like Metallica and, you know, Megadeth. And <laughs> I mean, I like I had like completely different spectrums, it, depending on which car I got in after school, you know, or how I was listening to way different music. <laughs> That's really funny. So in continuing our happy songs, I was like, well, OK, well, I have to choose a happy song, but I kind of want to be ironic. Well, I, maybe not ironic, but. uh Kind of want to go against the grain. Yeah, I think ironic fits. Okay, yeah. So I was like, well, a happy song. Let's see, what band can I find that is the antithesis of happy? Oh, Hatebreed. Yes, <laughs> let's pull up that one, because I'm sure they have some some happy songs, right? And they actually do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine that. <laughs> I know. So one of the songs from Hatebreed, and most people know Hatebreed as just, you know, what you would think of as stereotypical metal, like hate breed they're there to just breed hate you know big mosh pits angry music yelling saying whatever but if you take actually the time to listen to what they're saying and the song that i chose for this is called live for this it's more of an uplifting message right like the guy's like more happy to be alive and push to the next level right exactly it, it acknowledges that there are you know struggles and stuff like that but it's motivation you know it's it's uplifting and we have some more examples, but I was like, he's saying things that sound angry, but they're not. Right. They're not angry. I think another interesting thing about Hatebreed, too, is that they do, in general, tend to have quite a bit of uplifting lyrics that talk a lot about brotherhood or camaraderie and like coming together, you know, really good, powerful topics that I think fit really well, especially in hardcore. But at the same time, you know, they can also let out their frustrations about certain things, so... Oh, yeah. Not every song by Hatebreed is all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they have to live up to their name at least a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's just human nature. Yeah, exactly. 
Another category you mentioned was pride and glory. And I think this is a common theme for a lot of music that you're interested in, that you kind of listen to on the reg. Yeah. So as we're thinking about different emotions in metal, a lot of power metal, especially focuses a lot on like pride and glory, and they tend to be more uplifting topics, something to, you know, empower you and make you feel better and feel good. There's a number of power metal bands I could choose from that would have songs that would fit in this category, but there's a couple of them that stand out in my mind, just as bands that I've heard. The first I'm going to go with is a band called Storm Warrior. They're kind of like a Viking power metal band. A lot of their lyrics focus on battling as a Viking and doing all that cool Viking stuff. They do have a song off the album Northern Rage called Odin's Warriors, and it's got some pretty uplifting lyrics in it. Yeah, you know, it's nice and upbeat. Yes. Like you said, a lot of it's overcoming, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And and warriors, you know, there's a lot of, like, I guess, tie-ins to, you know, mythology and epic battles and and this and that, right? But like you said, all of that back in the day was all for pride and glory, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's not about, like, destroying your enemy, but it's, like, coming together, you know, that camaraderie, so. Yeah, exactly. It's... A, uh, a dual-edged sword, if I might say. Ooh. Oh. Would you say a warrior might use that? Uh, I think they might. But it's raining outside, so what kind of warrior would go outside in the rain? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> would, <laughs> would you... Uh, would, you, would you say maybe a, a, a... I can't even finish it. A storm warrior? Oh, snap. <laughs> oh jeez, man! Just just end this. Like this is so bad. <laughs> All right, maybe podcast is over. Like <laughs> every everyone stopped listening. It was like, Gosh, yep, on. yep. We lost them at probably like the first pun on this episode. After the buildup of all the, the other puns in the <laughs> other episodes, they're like, oh god, another pun. I can't do this. Just hey, we just have off. to hope you know that there are a lot of metal dads out there. Metal dads unite. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, who listen to the podcast because they'll stay for the puns, you know? Okay, that's good. That's good to know. We'll have a very narrow fan base, which is completely (laughs) okay by me. (laughs) Hey, man, you get in that niche, you know, and you find you find your audience and you cater to them. So you say, dads, I know you love puns. We got puns. We got puns for days. (laughs) Another power metal band that I like a lot is called Hammerfall. A lot of their lyrics, again, tend to focus on pride and glory, things like that. Almost all power metal bands have very, very similar topics. They have quite an extensive catalog, but I went with an older song, oddly enough, called Hammerfall. I know we talked before about bands who have, you know, songs named after their band. I don't think this is off an album called Hammerfall, No, man, though. it's not the trifecta, and it's I'm not really disappointed. <laughs> I'm know. waiting. I'm waiting for the day that it just kind of magically appears in the playlist where it's, you know, the trifecta of album name, artist name, and song name. I know. Still waiting. But anyway, the song Hammerfall is another really, really good example of uh, pride and glory. All for one. You know, it's right off the bat. Power metal was very much a come together and, like you said, pride and glory. Mm-hmm. Topic of, I'll, I'll use your 75%. Topic of 75% of all power metal songs. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so easy to write really fun, catchy stuff to those type of topics. And there's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes you need to just get in that mood and there's enough bands out there to choose from. Yeah. And, and like you said, the nice thing about this is if you're sad or if you're happy or if you're feeling, you know, you need an uplifting or you need, you know, an outlet or whatever, there's music for you. And that doesn't mean it's always the same sounding music. It means that there's other things to choose from. But there are some things where like, oh, this is a perfect fit for uplifting songs or this is a great fit for for that type of music or that type of message that they're trying to send. So I, I think it's easy to say yes, I'm going to listen to power metal because I need a boost in my life right now, right? Like I need to feel good and I need to get motivated for the day. And nothing says that more than rallying with my buddies and going slaying some, you know, enemies and fighting some dragons and uh, saving the princess from the tower and like all that good stuff. Exactly, exactly. I think it's another interesting thing to kind of mention again too about like how certain sounds influence emotions and things like that and how certain types of sounds fit with certain topics. There's a reason why these things work and why these bands are successful. You wouldn't really find this power metal type of music with lyrics that, you know, are reminiscent of extreme death metal, where they're talking about gore and mutilation, things like that. Like those ideas just don't really fit together. So like, oh, man, I can really understand what they're saying. Uh, that sounds that sounds a little. Uh, oh, a little I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> So if we continue going down the spectrum of emotions, and I don't want to say it's in any order, right? But just another type of emotion is sad. When you're feeling sad, when you're feeling down, metal's got you covered. There's definitely some things in there. So one of the songs that I chose for feeling sad was by Mudvayne off their album, The End of All Things to Come, which already kind of sounds sad, right? Like the end of everything. Like you're already setting me up for that. I don't want it to end. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the song is called World So Cold. It's got the distorted guitar. It has kind of, you know, it's the ebb and flow, you know, one of those songs where they really kind of mix up heavy guitars with a lot of, you know, slower sections. I think having the clean guitar like during the verse kind of helps solidify that sort of melancholic mood. Yeah. Yeah, in this song too right when you're feeling sad and you're actually listening to the lyrical contents like it is kind of a somber song and there's a little bit of you know yelling towards the end some kind of harsher sections but overall the song kind of really gets that tone across like i'm not feeling too hot you know it's kind of rainy outside global warming you know world's so cold end of all things to come now i'm sad they were dark times. <laughs> dark times. <laughs> now I'm really sad. Aww. Quick, I need to go fight some dinosaurs or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, power metal. Next up on the, on the list. Cue it up. <laughs> uh, exactly. When you're feeling one way and you want to feel another, metal's got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> all over. Metal's covered all the bases. Oh, yeah. So I think with the sad topic, again, there are a lot of other bands to choose from that have written about sad material usually drawing upon their own sorts of experiences to help them in that process. The first one for me, I think that comes to mind is a song by Megadeth called In My Darkest Hour. And if I remember correctly, Dave Mustaine wrote this shortly after the passing of Metallica bassist Cliff Burton. So it was just kind of his way of processing all of his anger, sadness, frustration, maybe loneliness even about, you know, losing a really good friend and, you know, all of the things that are going on in his mind 
during his you know darkest hour. And I, I think, you know, I don't want it to get lost that, you know, we're consuming metal and saying, you know, hey, this is an outlet for us, but it's as much, if not way more of an outlet for the artist, right? Absolutely. I mean, speaking for myself as a metal musician and artist, the majority of the time when I'm writing stuff, I have some sort of emotion in mind, whether it's something completely concrete or even just a vague idea. I'm still drawing upon some sort of emotion that, say, for example, if I'm frustrated about something or a lot of things in my life that's going on, I'm able to channel that into my music and get it out in a creative way. And it helps me kind of deal with stuff going on in life, too. Yeah. I remember, you know, my brief stint in songwriting and playing music. There's a lot of yourself that comes out when you write music and when you perform music. And you can say that with any form of art, right? It is a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. And I can remember writing some songs, some really dark, you know, type lyrics shortly after my dad died. And those are kind of things that it just helped me find a way to say what I was feeling. Right. Like you said, it all comes out, even if it's just an idea, right? Or even if it's just the way that you're feeling when the idea popped in your head, right? And it influences the direction of a song. So exactly. So the next topic that I kind of thought about when thinking about different emotions in metal is kind of a sense of hope or longing, maybe for something that was that, you know, you're in a certain state of life or wherever, and it's just not it's not good and you're kind of hoping or longing for something better or that maybe once was. There's quite a few bands who kind of delve into this topic a little bit. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind for me is a band called Camelot and they have a song called Soul Society. And it's talking a lot about this sort of longing for like a better or like utopian sort of society because of the current state of things where we are. Yeah, and like you said, hope or longing, right? The desire for, for something. I think this is a good topic, right? Because it's easy to say happy, sad, you know, angry. And that's what I went for. And you're like, well, Adam, there are more than like five emotions. And I'm like, mm, but are there? But I only got five fingers. There's, there's I mean, are five there? <laughs> Dragon Pool said I can only count to four, so I only put four on there. Oh, man. <laughs> Boy, Drowning Pool, another another recurring theme about that band. Like, since episode one, I can only count to four. Yep. So Camelot, really good band. A lot of their lyrics tend to be a little bit more thought-provoking, dealing with bigger, more complex topics rather than, you know, just the regular angry, happy, sad that we're all kind of used to hearing. There's another band that I chose very carefully for this one. I went through a lot of bands trying to find one that I thought would really fit this category. For me personally, when I think of hope or longing, I think a lot about home. You know, home is always the one place where all of us, you know, wherever that is for each individual that we can look back on and think home is, you know, the best thing. You feel safe. You feel secure. Everyone you know and love is there. When you think of home, you feel good, right? But if you're away from home, especially after going through something like, say, a battle, for instance, if we're thinking in a sort of maybe mythological term or historical term, you go through a battle, you go through something super traumatic, all you want to do is just go home, right? So this band I'm going to choose here called Sojourner, they've got an album that focuses kind of on that. There's a lot of internal reflection going on, uh, but this song of theirs called Homeward 
deals with just that very topic of this character who went through some intense battle and is now uh, looking forward to the journey home. Yeah, man, I just want to kick my feet up on the couch. This is the first thing I want to do, like, even after a long day now, right? Like, when you come home, you just, like you said, you feel happy. Like, mm-hmm. happiness is home. Exactly. Or insert home is where the whatever is here, you know? Yeah. Like, home is where the metal is. Ah, <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Got it. Wrap it up. Put a bow on it. Ship it out. Ship it. Yeah, I think, too, you know, when we're talking about historical or, you know, mythological or medieval type timelines, yeah, you'd be gone for months at a time, you know, and coming back or coming home, if you came home at all, was like the best thing that could happen. So when you hear about bands who kind of really tie into this theme for their albums, right, Mm -hmm. just the aspect of going out to battle and what that's like and coming together and then feeling lost, right, with all your comrades in battle and everything and then coming home. I really like albums that tell a story. I actually really enjoy that. When an album has a cohesive vision, they say, you know what? I'm not just going to write a bunch of songs. You know, I, I don't get me wrong. I still love that. But I also really enjoy when they make a narrative out of the album. Mm-hmm. The album all kind of ties together. Yeah, me too. Definitely. To me, it almost feels like you're watching a movie without watching anything. I was just going to say it's a metal audiobook, you know, but. Yeah, I can on board with that. I like it. Yeah. It's like listening to Harry Potter on tape, but with people screaming and uh, well, not not the screaming, but, you know, like distorted guitars and stuff. Uh, like when when the occasion calls for it. <laughs> I mean, what if Harry Potter, you know, the audiobook, had distorted guitars in the background the whole time? It would be a much better book. That would be pretty tight, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Million dollar idea. I'll narrate Harry Potter while you play guitar in the background. Oh, dude, I'm totally down. All right. So speaking of being totally down. Oh, nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or DT something, as the kids refer to it these days. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're recording this a day after Valentine's Day. So I think we'd be remiss to uh, skip over any love songs or any songs in metal that might make you feel a little uh, a little saucy. Or uh, <laughs> Randy, I think, is another uh, term we could use without having to bleep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think we're all good there. <laughs> How do I skirt around this issue? Also on the topic of bands that have kind of like made a story out of an album, one of the bands I really liked is Atreyu, and they have a album called The Curse, which is all about a guy basically getting bit by a vampire and then turning into a vampire himself. It's very interesting to kind of flow through that narrative in each song. And one of the songs is basically like his love or his lust towards this vampire as he's, you know, basically turned. The song is called This Flesh a Tomb. And I think when we're talking about feeling a certain way or really loving someone like kind of unconditionally or just being in lust with them, I think this song kind of really ties that up. And there's a couple of lines in here that I may or may not have put as quotes like in, you know, like love letters or things like that. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, man. It just I was I was a teenager in high school, like listening to angry music and this comes along. It's like it, it just threw it right in my lap. Like, what was I going to do? It feels like you could kiss my imperfections away. Yeah, I mean, this is this is that line I used. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, like super cheesy. Nothing but cheese when you're a teenager, I think. <laughs> you're like, oh my god, Adam. Adam, come on, man. Come on. What What is wrong with you? I'm like... We can't be held accountable to the cheesy things we did in high school. <laughs> what? As long as we grew up from that. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you're still not using that line, are you? Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> yeah, no comment. No, I, I'm happily married, so as long as my wife knows that, I'll stand by her side. So the line worked then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the line works. <laughs> uh, all right, well, maybe it's not cheesy after all. I don't know. <laughs> there we go, you know, like, uh, there's a method to my madness. Indeed. So going all the way back to the happy times that we had, right? I think a lot of, like, poison, a lot of, like, hair metal, a lot of that definitely talked about the saucy side of things. <laughs> and a lot of the songs are basically... That was their entire premise, you know, like, let's write a song about like hooking up and, uh, you know, having fun. And I was like, yeah, OK, that, that makes sense to me. There was a bevy of songs to choose from. And I'm like, OK, well, what song do I choose? And let's pick an artist we haven't featured. And I, I guess that was my rationale. So I went with ACDC for this one. And the song is Shoot to Thrill, which is basically just about intercourse. Yeah, how many times am I going to forget to, like, switch on the volume so you can hear it? I mean... It's all good, man. Maybe I want to listen to all of the, you know, like, innuendo. But I know you probably want to listen, too. It's like there's this button on my screen that I have to click. And I'm supposed to click the button. Yeah. And I never click the button. I'm too distracted by thinking about the things that ACDC's saying. Yeah, there's just a lot of technical things that we have to do while we're doing this that, you know, sometimes it gets difficult. Oh, also, if you don't know, the gun in the song is referring to not a gun, but his gun. <laughs> I was going to say his penis, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, so much for our innuendos now. We're just out in the open. Well, yeah, I don't know. Can we say penis on the podcast? Uh, I, we're going to find out quick, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pull that trigger is what I'm saying. So... I think this kind of wraps up our list before we move on, right? This wraps up our list of emotions and some of the examples, I think, or outlets that we have or different ways to convey emotion in metal. So I think that kind of like mm -hmm. is a good little stopping point for us, at least for now. I know emotion is a, a multifaceted rainbow and has many, many colors and many flavors. And I mean, I think we, we've kind of pointed out that metal has you covered, right? Like there's something out there for everyone. Yeah. And Coming full circle to the beginning of the conversation, right, where we said metal sounds angry, I think we've demonstrated that that's not true, right? It may sound angry, but not all the content is angry. Right, exactly. I mean, yes, tone of voice means something, but lyrical content is, is also 10% or 20%. I forget the exact percentage, but... Yeah, exactly. I think another thing, too, well, two things. One, that... This is only a short list of all of the different topics and emotions that you can find in metal. There's tons more out there that we cannot cram into an hour podcast episode. So anyone out there who's got some topics that they really enjoy in metal that we didn't explore yet, feel free to hit us up on the social medias with your recommendations, and we'll give you guys a shout out in the next episode. The second part of this you had mentioned that it may all sound angry, but you have to look deeper beyond that to what the the meaning behind it is. And I think that's really important, too, because the way 
someone conveys a certain emotion can be completely different to the way someone else conveys that same emotion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there are multiple ways to express yourself. And it's like judging a book by its cover. And that's what metal's always combating against, right? They're always judged at face value. They're never really looked at as a, even like a serious genre in some senses, right? Because they see like, ah, oh, people screaming, like, eh, there's no talent in that. And it's like, no, there, there is. You have to dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. That's a Disney song. You gotta dig a little deeper. <laughs> Find out what you need. You are a dad. <laughs> I am a dad, yes. <laughs> I know all the Disney songs. Steve, we did it. We went through... We went through the whole podcast without mentioning August Burns Red. Yo, man! Ugh. But the whole episode's ruined. <laughs> no, we, no, I said we did it. But oh, okay. I'm gonna ruin that right now because I have to mention August Burns Red. I gotta get my fix, man. <laughs> I, I do, man. I have to say it. So they just released their EP, which is what the Legend of Zelda song from last episode was on. But another thing that they do sometimes with their EPs or their special releases is they put the MIDI versions of their songs on. Ah. So they'll include like the MIDI version of one of their singles. And with this one, they did a MIDI version of The Frost, which is a song that I featured stuck in my head way back, I think, in the beginning of the podcast days. Mm -hmm. So I just thought, you know, hey, I have to mention August Burns Red. I might as well play the MIDI song. I, I love MIDI songs. I don't know. It's like a guilty pleasure. It really is. It, I mean, a lot of retro video games use MIDI. They have MIDI files like embedded in the chip. And then there's like a little part of that chip that's like an actual sound generator, really. So the MIDI file is just playing back all this music on this little chip. And that's what a lot of this really kind of harkens to. So it's almost a very, at least for us in our generation, kind of a nostalgic kind of sound whenever we hear you know midi music yeah i think what i really loved about midi is you get to like appreciate all of the complexity that kind of can bleed together right like notes are meant to you know kind of bleed together in some senses right but with midi it's very you know like cut and dry it's very quick and i think you get to hear a lot of every single note that's being hit right like it's very distinct very pronounced and August Burns Red, they do this a lot. So there's a lot of times where I'll listen to the solo in MIDI just because it's so entertaining and you just get to appreciate it on another level. And I know you've sent me some songs that you've done, like, you're like oh, here's the MIDI for the song, right? And it's so much fun to listen to because I'm listening to this after the fact, right? So like, I know what the song The Frost is by August Burns Red. If you don't remember, we're talking about August Burns Red because, you know, we have to talk about August Burns Red. <laughs> so I know what the song The Frost is. I know how it goes. I've listened to it many, many times. And then hearing the MIDI is kind of like deconstructing that song a little bit, right? Like breaking it down. I'm like, okay, cool. Like you get to hear it all and it, it's fun. But whenever you would send me stuff, it was like, you're seeing like an idea form, right? Or you're seeing something fleshed out, but it's like, okay, now how do you add the flair to that? And I think that's the next step, right? MIDI, like you said, is deconstructing. It's kind of an easy way to get your idea across, but, or put it all down on paper, well, it's not paper, I guess, but, you know, digital paper. Digital paper, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I always loved, you know, hearing the the MIDI songs that you would send me because I'm like, oh, man, this is going to sound amazing once you put your special sauce on it. Exactly. And I think, too, when you're composing in MIDI first before you actually go through and record your song, if you can make it sound killer in MIDI, it's going to sound that much better when it's done with real instruments and stuff like that. So I think there's really something to be said about 
the composing process and when you do it via MIDI, because you're really forced to look at every piece of it individually that way. Not saying that other composing styles are any different, but there's just something about MIDI that when you hear it played back in that way, you have to look past the super dry sound of it and imagine, you know, what it's going to be like done with real instruments. Yeah. The best thing starts simple and then you build on it, right? You start with an idea and you build on it. That's what every everything is. Every great idea starts with a, a basic concept built on top of it from there. And there's just another way for you to, like you said, bring a cohesive vision together before you add some finishing touches or add on, you know, a whole new section. Exactly. Ah, MIDI. August Burns Red. Sponsor our podcast, please. So I have one other piece of wrap-up news for us here. I got in touch with the guys in the band called Starkill. They're from the Chicago area in Illinois. They're kind of like a melodic death metal band, but also they have a lot of symphonic elements to them, too. They're a little bit all over the board. Within the past few years, they recruited a, a female vocalist. So they have a total of three people doing vocals in this band. It all sounds really, really good. They've always had really top-notch production quality. They do it all themselves, too. They're a very independent band. I got in contact with them uh, this week, and they let me know about a new single and a new album that they're going to be releasing. They're also accepting pre-orders right now um, that just released today. So by the time this releases, it'll have been open for two weeks. But the new stuff that they're coming out with is on a whole nother level compared to what they've done in the past. All of the money for their pre-orders is going directly to buying a new tour van for them themselves because the one that they have now is pretty much dead. They've been using that van for a really long time and it can no longer function. They have a lot of shows and tours booked for this coming year. So any money they can get from pre-orders is going towards that. I really support this band. I've played with them a few times. They're a bunch of great people, really fantastic musicians. But yeah, we'll include links to all their stuff in the show notes just to make sure that people can go pre-order the album, you know, go find out more about them. But supporting local artists and, you know, artists that don't have the support or driving force of a giant label behind them is something that's really unique in metal. Metal already, we've said, is up against terrible odds, you know, because every pop label will sign any pop star everywhere. But metal is out there, like, they're really self-sufficient, right? They put, you know, their heart and soul into everything that they do, and they need the support of everybody. And I think, you know, as a community, this is where metal really shines, right? Everyone comes together, and like you said, you've toured with these guys, or you've played with these guys, and them having a new album, you know, especially up for pre-order, it's like, people go out and pre-order the album, right? I mean, it's not like they're pocketing money, you know, and like sticking it in their shoes, you know, or like burning it for, you know, warmth. It's like all the money goes to a really great cause. It's to help them do what they love doing, right? If, if we've talked about anything this entire episode, it's been how people express themselves. And I think, you know, an artist or a band, that's what they're out there to do is they're out there to express themselves and allow others to express themselves. So support that. Yeah, exactly. And like you mentioned, too, we'll throw up a link to their Indiegogo page where you can read more about their album and single coming out. One thing I think is really cool, too, is they've got a lot of really awesome guest musicians and members of their production team. They've got uh, the keyboardist from Epica on this album, which is really rad. They've also got some other keyboard parts done by another guy from the band Swallow the Sun and Insomnium. They've got guest violins from the band called Teresis. And they got to master this album, the same guy who has mastered a lot of stuff from <gasps> August Burns Red. Oh, yay! Hey! 
so if you weren't going to hit August Burns Red, I was going oh, to. Oh, you do. got me covered. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Looking after you, bud. All right. So yeah, Starkill, check out their album they have up for pre-order. Check out their new single. Links are included in the show notes. Check out their Indiegogo page. Support them. Local metal is awesome. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at MetallurgyCast and on Facebook as Metallurgy Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email guitar at metallurgycast.com or click the submit follow-up link in the show notes. If you've got a minute, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach other headbangers across the globe. If you have questions, thoughts, song or artist recommendations, please let us know. Share the podcast with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes when they drop. So, you just want me to start talking about albums I'm looking forward to? No, man, you said I'm leading it. You wait for me. Okay, 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 I'm waiting for you. In the dancing, you're not going to step on my toes. Like, you know, you gotta... (laughs) I mean, I probably would. I'm pretty bad at it. Me too, you know, so... (laughs) But then I can blame you for stepping on my toes. (laughs) Uh, you just got to get me to step on your toes first, I guess, and then you can blame oh, me. Oh, okay, okay. Well, already <laughs> done, so win. We <laughs> about songs that that deal with like kind of love or lust or insert you know name of that emotion here. <laughs> <laughs> insert man. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't mean for that to, to happen. Uh, yeah, I swear I that never didn't. happens. <laughs> <laughs> I swear this never happens. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes oh. I just I get excited and it just <laughs> Oh, this is going downhill. It just quick. happens. It just happens. You know? <laughs> just give me a couple minutes, I'll recompose myself and then we can try again. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. All right. So we're still going with we're poison. Going with poison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll work in kiss on another episode. <laughs> you can kiss that song goodbye. Oh, man. And the puns are a flowing. That one hurt. Like, you know, you know, it's bad when you start saying it and then it hurts, you know, to get like the entire pun out. Where he starts saying, you know, I'm oh. not a dad, so it doesn't hurt me. Well, I, I mean, I guess it's just as a dad, you're obligated to, you know, say a bunch of puns. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's a contract that you sign, you know, like when the when the baby's born. Like, all right, congratulations, you're a dad. Now to be to discharge from the hospital, you have to give me at least five dad puns. And you're like, um, what's yeah, like, what's and you it? have to fulfill a quota every day. <laughs> what's a crow's favorite drink? Coffee. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh man i think i am a dad at heart when it comes to the puns at least like i say enough of them that i probably should be a dad in that regard yeah i'll pass the dad quiz all right i get my dad license no problem